These days, so many podcast hosts just riff through unprepared segments until they get to the next ad break for pills they know nothing about, cheap razors, and whatever else they can get a buck from. But the Higher Side Chats does it differently. We succeed or fail on the quality of the content and your desire to hear more of it. So you're about to hear another free first hour episode that's here to prove the two hour shows are worth subscribing for. Five shows a month for just $8. Members get a mobile friendly website, a decade of archives, a dedicated RSS feed for the best podcast apps, and a lot deeper discussion than a single hour can allow for. Sponsor free with more for thee. Get a free seven-day trial of THC Plus at thehiresidechats.com. Enjoy! In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Happy days are here again, Higher Side Chatters, doing the thing from sunny San Diego. I'm Greg Carlwood, and the list of products, processes, and policies that have been introduced to society to keep the people ignorant, distracted, sedated, and sickly is so long it's almost never-ending. They degraded the food supply, eroded education, promoted lazy lifestyles, dazzled us with screen-based entertainment, and cut around all sorts of advancements in energy and medicine that could transform the world in exchange for massive profits from petrochemicals and oil-based everything. But the saddest of all might be the state of our water and the lack of education as to how powerful optimized water can be. Lead pipes, fluoridation, and a dozen more treatment chemicals are no way to honor the most important life-giving fluid on this island Earth. But luckily, today's returning guest George Wiseman is doing his damnedest to fix that. You might remember George being here about a year and a half ago talking about his research and history as an inventor, working on projects to increase fuel efficiency and creating superior flame torches, as well as his well-known work with Brown's Gas and his AquaCure water electrolyzer. And after hearing so many positive testimonials from the audience, as well as getting some follow-up questions, it seemed like it was about time to get him back for round two. You can find George's products and educational material on his website, eagle-research.com, as well as his companion website, eagle-research.life. I think it's going to be a good time talking to George again, especially after hearing about some of the mind-blowing things he's been up to in the last 18 months, so let's do it. The Browns Gas Guru, AquaCure Inventor, and Hydrogen Deficiency Destroyer, George, welcome back. Holy smokes, what an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I try to get them psyched up, you know. There's a lot of things trying to get people's attention these days, so you got to grab them, but this is a real pleasure. And it's all the truth. (sighs) Man, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. It is. That last interview was certainly one that got a lot of attention around here. There were way more comments and forum posts and just general engagement than usual. 
Maybe we just make good dance partners, but I guess I would ask, how have things been on your end? You got a pretty decent response from that interview as well, I think, right? Yes. We got six months of orders in the week after the interview. Woo! So we were scrambling a little bit. <laughs> and of course, it didn't take us six months to fill those orders. And the people that got them, virtually everybody's been happy. My return rate's less than 1% consistently. So people are getting what they want. And that's a guarantee in that we have the one-year satisfaction guarantee. So obviously, the people that listen about what the AquaCure could do for their health got what they were expecting. So I'm really happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I would say before I was just interviewing a guy that I thought had done some intriguing work and had an interesting product. But now I feel way more confident endorsing it and saying there really should be one in every home. The only negative or more neutral feedback I got was from people who said they got lazy with it, like I did, honestly. But several people wrote me to say it fixed condition X, Y or Z that I'd been dealing with. But then I got lazy and my condition came back. And I understand habits are hard to keep up with. But out of a few dozen reports, I don't think anyone has said anything more negative than that. And of course, you got to use it to get the benefits. So I would consider that pretty huge. People who have used it consistently over the last year have noted more energy. They've lost weight because they aren't as hungry eating all of that hydrogen depleted food. I've heard two reports of no more gingivitis. I had another guy tell me it's worked wonders on the negative side effects from chemo because he has stomach cancer. Another two people told me they haven't had a cold since getting it about 18 months ago, and that is rare for them. Honestly, nobody in the last 18 months has said to me, I bought it, I used it every day, and nothing has happened. And I consider that pretty impressive. <laughs> yes. I've sold many thousands of these things now. And I have had two or three people send them back saying that they didn't, just for, you know, being honest here, saying they didn't get a result, but I really kind of think maybe they didn't use it <laughs> because my goodness, although it may have happened and then it also may have happened that they had a gas leak and weren't getting the gas to their nose or whatever the case may be. Mm. So it, there could be times when people say that it hasn't worked for them, but I would definitely say a thousand to one, the people have been getting what they expect. And that's why we have a satisfaction guarantee because I'm not an MD. I can't say what it will do. Okay. I can say, for example, it seems as though, according to the studies, that it mitigates nearly every ailment known to man. And people, there's thousands of hydrogen studies out there now that are proving that. In fact, the studies, there's even been studies of studies that are showing zero negative side effects. Like if you look at the television, you see the drug things and you have to mention the side effects, some of which it always amuses me is a side effect of the exact thing it's doing. Like a pill for a headache causes headaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. But there's zero negative side effects of the hydrogen because it's pure nutrition. It's exactly what the people need. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I, I tend to say that the world's in turmoil and we have all these health issues. The fuel prices are rising. There's food shortages on the horizon. But here's a technology that helps people seldom get sick, helps the body heal three times faster, like burns. If you get a burn and you put the gas on the burn, it's been proving three times faster healing. 
if you're using the gas in your vehicle, like that would be a different device. But I call the Hyzor, not the the Aquacure. People are saving 25% up to 50% on fuel costs. And there's ways possibly of making your own fuel and makes plants grow if in soil three times faster. And the Aquacure can do this, by the way. And if it's in hydroponics, up to 10 times faster. And the kind of testimonials I'm getting back almost on a daily basis, I have to every once in a while go over to the shop and just read one to the guys so that they know guys and gals. It's multi-gender shop. The, um, <laughs> these days, what do you do? You know, you can't just say guys. Anyway, so, for example, this woman who had ovarian cancer and she says anything under 36 on the scale that they use, it was stage four ovarian cancer. And she wrote saying it's now a six. Hmm. Anything under 36 is good, and it's a six for whatever that scale is that they're using for that. And she is very happy. It's just on and on and on. This is doing what I had hoped it would do based on what I was talking about in the first interview where my wife died of lupus, and I later discovered the Browns gas would have helped the lupus. So I, I just swore to myself, gave me the passion to help as many people not go through all of that that we went through, where I was carrying my wife to the bathroom and she couldn't even roll over in bed without assistance. And she was blind and losing her hair and her quality of life. She was a multimedia artist. She was exuberant. She did so many different things and then to be reduced to that. And I had something that could have helped her and I didn't know it in my mm -hmm. own shop. So that gave me the passion to say, my life has to be dedicated to something. This is it. Right. And I'm so happy to hear all of these people reporting back the gains that I'm helping them with by providing this technology. And I'm so hoping that more people will, to the point where, I don't know if you know enough about my history to understand, I'm an inventor, but I don't patent anything. Instead, it worked out to be much better for me to write instruction manuals and teach people how to do what I do. So based on that and the fact that I want to have a life, because quite frankly, I'm often working from 3 a.m., I'm not joking, to 8 p.m. And my wife is saying, you've got to have a life. Like she's helping me in the business because she's trying to reduce that. So often I can stop working at 5, but I'm still getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning so that I can have a few hours with my wife in the evening. And... I want to have a life. So one of the things I'm, I'm doing is developing a course, which is going to be come out really shortly now, which will teach people how to build these for their own business. It's $10,000 to take this course, but it takes my 35 years of experience and condenses it down into something that people can learn in a couple of weeks, self-taught, and they can learn to build these aquacures themselves for their own hometowns. And this is the idea. See, right now, we've got a worldwide situation going on where in Australia or Austria or Japan, anywhere in the world, obviously North America gets the most of it, but anywhere in the world, these things are going out to. And if there's any problems with them or anything like that, then they have to be shipped back to me. Luckily, I can build them so there's very few problems. <laughs> but still, the point is, Servicing something from one location doesn't make a lot of sense. You have to go through all the customs and the shipping along with these supply chain solutions and, and everything. So it's better to build the machines where they're going to be used 
And then also you have the expertise for the people that are there to call up somebody, like you want to call an electrician or a plumber, and have them come and service the machine or fix the machine or give advice about the machine, even initially help set up the machine. All these things can be done if you're on a local level. So by making this course, it will allow this plan that I have of this desire to have one in every home. I can't do that myself. I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not going to set up a gigafactory to make these things. Instead, I'm going to spread out the health and wealth so that as people make their own business in their own home, building these machines and selling them or renting them, distributing them locally, they have their own income at the same time as they're helping people around them be healthy. So this seems like an ideal situation that will eventually, if this all works out the way I want, allow me to have some time myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've heard you talk about that course in previous interviews, and I understand that the first person to go through it has their own Aquacure franchise-like business now, and they made six figures in the first year, apparently. Yes, they're working up towards seven figures, this particular guy. His name is Ryan oh in Canada, yes, in Saskatchewan. And yeah, he's doing really well. And we've done a really good thing about collaborating, which is what I want to do with all these people that take the course. We'll just form an unofficial collective where we'll help each other, just like Ryan and I have been helping each other. Because one person can't think of everything. And he's come up with some really nice innovations. And I'm assuming other people will as well. And then those get fed back and fed out to everybody so that everybody gains, everybody who's part of this collective. And theoretically, the idea is we don't compete with each other. <laughs> we, all, we all decide to go with the same pricing and help out. Like if there's, like I say, I have many thousands of machines out there and I'm going to have a map on my website so that anybody can go to the map and click on it and then see in their area whether there's an AquaCure machine so they can go and take a look at that. And of course, if we have a manufacturer or distributor in that area, they'll be able to click, see the icon for that and click on it and go see their local manufacturer or distributor. This is just one of the parts of the plan that we have. But if there is a manufacturer that starts in that area and say there's 20 AquaCures around, they can support those people. They were my sales, but those people can then make a relationship with their local manufacturer. Mm. I think it's a good plan. Yeah, I think so too. And there are definitely some new ideas and innovations to talk about. But in our email correspondence, you had said that, you know, you have all these ideas and potential applications, but you just need more time. And you think you have a way that the audience could help with that too. Is that kind of this stuff we're talking about now? exactly this stuff. And here I was talking about time with my wife, which I'm so happy that she wants to spend time with me. That's a good thing. Yes. Because uh, she's an amazing person to be around. My new wife. And people get confused about that because I say my wife died. And that was my previous wife, my late wife. And the Browns gas actually saved my life. Just a quick little segue. Because when I started inhaling, one of the things that happened was my libido came back. Big time. Hello. Yeah, yeah. That was exactly it. And, and I tell you, it's impossible, even though I was in grief, it's impossible to want to die or not care about living 
you certainly start caring about living when you want to have sex. So yes, that's yes. That's all I have to say about it. So in <laughs> case, I started dating and I met this woman and we got married. And so I have a new wife and a new life. That's the whole point. I do have carryovers from my old life, like this passion to get these aquacures out there, because that's essentially the mission that's been given to me by God, if you want to know what I, how I see about it. And my late wife gave her life to give me this passion. So this is what I'm doing. But like you said, in our email correspondence, in addition to spending time with my wife, I have some ideas, some projects that I've been wanting to get to for years and a couple of projects that I don't know what it is about the universe that feeds me this information that I just get these ideas or things sent to me that I put together. But it looks like I have a way to make a gravity wheel. Hmm. Now, there's other projects we can talk about as well, but this is kind of my current little passion project that I'm thinking of. Now, imagine a wheel pretty much of any size, and I can calculate the horsepower per size kind of thing. The math works out. But my first prototype will be about four feet in diameter, and I have some an engineer working on the drawings and stuff for it now. And the reason I think it will work is because I've built gravity wheels in the past. I've done quite a lot of research on gravity wheels, and there have been gravity wheels that worked, one of which was in the 1600s. I think it was Newton actually went and examined it, and there were other physicists around at the time, and they were in this particular castle, and they put it in this room where it was allowed to turn for a couple of weeks' time while the guys entertained themselves at the castle. It was all locked in there and sealed and verified. And we're talking stone walls and things like that. So it's not like the people were cheating in some way and came back and it was still running. So historically, there's been gravity wheels that have worked. And I don't understand gravity any more than any, anyone understands electricity. We just can measure the effects of it. We know that gravity has an acceleration. Like if you drop something, it'll accelerate at a certain rate. And as an inventor, an alternative energy inventor, I'm always looking for what you call energy flows or energy hills. Wherever you have a potential energy, then you can theoretically put some sort of machine in between the two potentials to get a gain. Like if you have a water flow like Niagara Falls, which is close to where I live now, Tesla came up with a, well, there's been water wheels for, you know, ever. But Tesla came up with the alternating current motor generator. And if you overdrive it, it becomes a generator, induction motor, and put it in the falls. And then because it was alternating current, they could step up in transformers and send that electricity out everywhere. I actually live about a couple hundred feet from the first amusement park. It's gone now, but the cement footings are there that was lighted with electricity in the world. The first amusement park, it's quite amazing. So in any case, and I'm getting off the subject, the subject is this gravity wheel, the last one I built, I thought would work, and then I realized after we built it and tested it why it wouldn't work, and this new one I have built that doesn't have that flaw. Otherwise, everything else should be the same. And I have a video of the old one on my YouTube channel so people can go and it's called a CCG wheel. So if people go and look at that, they can see the CCG wheel and see why I thought it would work. And then if they look at it, I'll tell you now why it didn't work is because I had the wheel spinning too fast. Because gravity 
has, like if you have a weight, let's say a teeter-totter, and you slide the teeter-totter so that it's shorter on one end and longer on the other, then the long end is going to drop down. Now, we won't bother putting a weight on it this time. We'll just say off-center, it's going to drop down. Anyone who works with a board in a fulcrum knows this. The problem is that the faster it drops, the less push you have on the lever. And I was spinning it fast enough that the wheel was turning faster than the drop speed of the weights, depending on gravity. Now, if you think of gravity kind of like a waterfall, where you have a constant flow in one direction, a constant pressure, a constant whatever you're going to call it, but it's only flowing at that speed. Like if you have water dropping over the waterfall and then hitting a vein or, or a board, and you have that board moving as fast or faster than the water is dropping, the water is not going to put any pressure on it. See, so you understand the, uh, mm -hmm. the effect I'm talking about there? So for a gravity wheel to work to get the maximum torque, it has to turn slowly. And that's what my new gravity wheel design will do, is it'll turn slowly. I also have a, something called a gravity conveyor, which I haven't built. I was getting all the parts together to build it when my life went sideways back in 2009. And all of those parts are still in storage. And I have another project that I call the Lord's Pump, which isn't mine. It was actually developed by a fellow named Al Throckmorton. And he took one of my electrolyzers, let's call it an Aquacure type electrolyzer, that makes Brown's mm -hmm. gas. And he was using it in what's called a pistonless pump. I'm not sure if you know what a pistonless pump is. Uh, not really. The term is kind of self-descriptive, and I think I've heard people talk about it, but I don't think I've ever seen one. <laughs> okay. I did not know what a pistonless pump was at one point, and I was an automotive mechanic. And I'm, I'm thinking, how can you have a pump that is pistonless? Because, of course, your mind gets in a certain way of thinking, and it's hard to imagine anything else. But essentially what happens is you have a cylinder that has two pipes coming out the bottom, one with liquid coming in with a check valve and one with liquid going out with a check valve. So the liquid can only go out that one and only come in the other. So when you're, you have the liquid come in, let's say you put a vacuum in there and it'll suck the liquid in. But in addition to that vacuum, now you put in some combustible mixture, which is maybe a hydrogen-oxygen mixture. Or like they do in a lot of the pumps they're using in the UK for pumping out canals and stuff, they use a methane-oxygen mixture. And then you ignite it with a spark plug, and it goes bang and bruises a pressure, which pushes down on the liquid, so the combustion is pushing on the liquid itself, not on a piston. And of course, that liquid can only go out the other pipe, so that's the pistonless pump. As soon as the combustion happens and all that pressure goes away, it actually makes a vacuum, which then sucks in more of the water, and at the same time, you feed a little bit of the combustible gas in through another little hose at the top, and you just continue the cycle. Hmm. So it turns out that the measurements they were taking on this Lord's pump using the Brown's gas, it was generating 10 times more potential energy of water being driven out that could be used to drive a turbine than the energy it was taking to make the Brown's gas in the electrolysis process. So that's another one of the technologies that I'd really like to experiment with. <laughs> Wow, wow. So many ideas and so little time, as you say. But 
it is kind of mind-boggling when you start talking to people in the alternative science space because our natural environment has these these systems that kind of have energy going one way, like the tides or gravity or the Earth's negative charge. There are forces that are always kind of there that we could play off against in interesting ways, like we talked about electrogravitic crafts last time. And the principle there is that, well, the Earth has a negative charge, create a rotation and uh, some kind of device that also has a negative charge, and then electromagnetism, well, they repel each other. And that's how that could work. And we could use tidal energy similarly, geothermal energy, like these forces are always there pushing out in one way, and you just make a counterforce in some cases, but yet none of that stuff ever reaches the mainstream. And I wanted to to back up uh, a little bit because there's some things I wanted to make sure we got in this first hour. I can't believe it's already almost half over, but the feedback I got probably more than any is that people have been sending me a lot of data on hydrogen and health. And that's something we should talk about because I've heard you say there are over 1,200 studies now on hydrogen supplementation and health. Uh, there are people like Dr. Mercola, a very famous guy. He sells hydrogen tablets that you put into water and then drink the water really quickly. There's a little of that out there. But you've said that some of these studies might have been studies on brown gas without them even knowing it. And that Brown's gas has about a 30% greater therapeutic benefit than hydrogen alone. So because of this close association and some of the confusion around how it's different, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Brown's gas versus hydrogen supplementation alone? Because this has come back to me quite a bit this past year. That is a really good, good question. It's good that people are asking. It means they're becoming informed. Wow. Okay. Let's start with what Brown's gas is really quickly. The first episode will give people more of an in-depth and they can refer back to that. It would be great if they did. Brown's gas differs from hydrogen, H2, or what they call molecular hydrogen, um, in that Brown's gas is made, the electrolyzers that make Brown's gas don't separate the gases. So you have the hydrogen and oxygen coming out one hose instead of the hydrogen and oxygen coming out separate hoses. So that's the first visible difference. But what we discovered is that when you don't have a membrane in between the anodes, the anode and cathode, the electrolytic plates that are making the hydrogen off the cathode and the oxygen off the anode, when you don't have a membrane in the middle that keeps the gases separate, something called an electron bridge forms between the electrodes. And the solution in the middle is essentially a wire, if you will. It conducts electricity. And if the electricity isn't conducted from the cathode to the anode, uh, the electrolysis doesn't happen. So that's a basic thing about electrolysis is that has to happen. But when the electricity has to go through a membrane, then you don't get this electron bridge forming. And this electron bridge is absolutely vital to make a third gas, which is very, very important difference between molecular hydrogen, and Brown's gas. This third gas I called electrically expanded water before I really knew what it was because I just had to have a name for it, or EXW, because I could see it forming. I, I made transparent electrolyzers, and I have pictures, 
and you could actually see the gas coming right out of the fluid, right out of the middle. And I knew it wasn't hydrogen and I knew it wasn't oxygen because those only form on the plates due to the electrochemical reaction of the water to the negative or positive charge. So in this case, I knew that we had a gas that was coming out that was not hydrogen or oxygen, partially because the Faraday equations prevented it from being either of those two gases. So the, the Faraday equations say, if you put a certain amount of amperage through an electrolyzer, you can expect a certain amount of hydrogen and a certain amount of oxygen to be produced. And I was making more gas than that, as much as 60% more gas than that. So not just a little bit, not within a little couple decimals error or something like that in my measurements. And of course, this has all been duplicated by many, many other people. And I could see this gas coming out the middle. So I theorized that it was some form of water that was electrically expanding. Turns out that's exactly what it was. And they already had a name for it in physics. It's called plasma. So there's four states of matter. You have a solid, in, in case water, it's called ice. You have the liquid, which we call water. You have the gaseous form, or gaseous form, which is a water vapor or steam. And then you have plasma. Now, each of these forms of matter require an additional amount of energy to be input. So when you have ice and you add energy like heat, it turns into water. You continue adding heat, it turns into steam. But if you add electrons, it turns into plasma. So we had an electrically charged or negatively charged gaseous form of water, which was not water vapor or steam. If you cool it, it does not condense. In other words, the energy that you added to it wasn't heat, it was essentially electricity, these electrons. Now it turns out that these electrons are bioavailable. So when you inhale the gas like I'm doing right now, or you put it through water, these electrons get distributed into the air, water, and it goes into your body and your body uses them. And you can do things with them that you couldn't do with straight hydrogen. So. Brown's gas contains hydrogen and does everything that hydrogen can do. All the studies that have to do with hydrogen, Brown's gas does as well or better. And the reason it does better has to do with this third gas, the electrically expanded water or this plasma form of water, and it's feeding electrons in. Now, think of hydrogen as a brick. You have a pile of bricks out in the woods. You wouldn't expect that pile of bricks you come back in 10 years and it would turn into a brick house. Because of entropy, it goes the other way. If you have a brick house, it can turn into a pile of bricks, but you're never going to have a pile of bricks turn into a brick house unless two things happen. Number one is energy. It takes energy. And number two, directed intelligence. So you have to direct that energy. Somebody has to pick up the brick, go over, mix some mortar, put it down and build the house. Your body knows how to do that. Your body is intelligent in ways that we haven't even figured out yet. So it knows how to heal itself. But to heal itself, it needs the bricks and the energy. So when you put in the Brown's gas, it gives you not only the hydrogen, which is the building block of life, because our bodies are 62% hydrogen by volume. So it's our major macronutrient. So if you put in the hydrogen, you've got your material, but you also have to have the energy. And people who are ill or have been hydrogen deficient for a long time because 
Hydrogen is one of the ways that the body makes energy. They've either used up their energy reserves and or their energy generation systems have become compromised. So one of the things that ill bodies don't have is enough energy. So when you go to heal with hydrogen, you're giving the body the nutrition it needs, the bricks, but it has to depend on getting energy from somewhere that when you do with the Brown's gas, you get the bricks and the energy at the same time. Now the electrons can be used directly to stop things like oxidative cascade. What happens is some molecules in your body, let's go with a macro one and call it a cell, has not enough electrons. So it will grab electrons from something else. And now that something else is electron deficient. And this is oxidation. When you're grabbing electrons like that, it's called oxidizing. So you have this oxidative cascade that if the electrons come along, you're inhaling Brown's gas, for example, and the blood is now distributing these electrons to everyone who needs it, the oxidative cascade stops in its tracks. And what happens with that is it, that's one of the reasons it stops inflammation. Stopping inflammation stops pain. So people, when they're inhaling or they're putting the Brown's gas on their skin, most people are noticing that their pain disappears. And I can tell you as a 60 plus year old man, who had pain and was living with it, not as much as some people, it is a blessing to be pain-free. Just that is so, so beautiful. It's, mm -hmm. it, to be able to go and walk around and not have to be in pain all the time, to enjoy life, just that. And then you look at this latest pandemic. One of the things that they were accusing the virus of was there was a lung respiratory virus, and that turns out to not be so. Now, a lot of doctors still think it is because that's the mantra that's out there, the narrative and kind of thing. Turns out it was a blood virus. And what it was doing is knocking the iron or heme or ferritin, whatever you wanted to call it, out of the red blood cells. And anybody who understands how oxygen gets around in the body, they know that the red blood cells, because it contains iron, climbs onto the oxygen in the lungs and then carries it around and distributes it, the oxygen in the body. So if the blood is circulating but not picking up any oxygen, then the blood oxygen level goes down. And these people, they were getting blood oxygen levels in, in like 70, and they were thinking they had to go on ventilators. Well, it turns out if you put somebody on a ventilator and the blood can't grab the oxygen, it doesn't matter how much oxygen you try to put in the lungs, you're still going to have low oxygen levels. And eight or nine people out of 10 put on ventilators were dying because of this misdiagnosis, this misunderstanding. Well, it turns out Brown's gas, they don't call it Brown's gas over in Asia, but in Asia, in China, for example, the Brown's gas was the number one treatment for this virus because it worked. People who were put on the Brown's gas instead of a ventilator, in about five minutes, they started to breathe easier. And within three days, they're walking out of the hospital. So mm. this, this is a fantastic use for this particular machine. And the reason it works has to do with these electrons I was just talking about, this electrically expanded water. So it wasn't the hydrogen. If you give them pure hydrogen, it doesn't do the same thing as you do when it's getting the Brown's gas. What happens is the red blood cells pick up this charge, these extra electrons, and that is enough to grab the oxygen. One of the reasons the iron is in there is because it could have this charge, that the red blood cells could have this charge, and it grabs the oxygen, and then 
the oxygen level in the blood comes up and away you go. The people could breathe and the body could heal. It has a chance once it was getting its oxygen. So these are reasons why, examples of why the Brown's gas is better than the pure hydrogen. Now, that said, everyone in the world is hydrogen deficient and there's many reasons for that. One of them being antibiotics. And I can go into that a little bit if, if you want to, but we'll save that for a little later if necessary. But people aren't getting the hydrogen they need from their food because you can't inhale hydrogen. You have to get it from your food. And because our digestive systems have become compromised, we're not getting the hydrogen we need from our food. So most people are hydrogen deficient. And because of that, there's a lot of illness out there that doesn't need to be. Like if you're hydrogen deficient, first thing your body tries to do is maintain life. Just a quick side example, if you're out in the cold and you're getting hypothermia, the first thing the body does is shut off blood flow to the extremities to preserve core temperature. Well, to preserve your core hydrogen, the body starts shutting off systems that use hydrogen but aren't immediately life-threatening. Like shutting off blood flow to the limbs is not immediately life-threatening. So the first thing that goes is your or gets shut off is your regeneration systems, the stem cells, all of that. So if you get a cut, your body will patch it with a scar tissue instead of healing it. And this is something that happened to me once I started inhaling the hydrogen. All my scars disappeared off my body. My body, once it got enough hydrogen, was to go back and take away the patches and actually heal the skin. The next thing it starts shutting off is the immune systems. So people get sick from a lot of different things, but that isn't necessarily immediately life-threatening, although a lot of people will die from that. And then if you still don't have enough hydrogen, your organs start to fail, like my late wife, and then you die. So it turns out that when you start hydrogen supplementation, and I'm talking just hydrogen now, not the Brown's gas specifically, though the Brown's gas has these effects even quicker, because like I say, you get the energy as well. So hydrogen out there, I have a place on my website where I compare the various ways of getting hydrogen into your body. And there's nine different ways that I've discovered, the tablets being one of them. Now there's issues and considerations with each way of doing it. So I say, what's the best way to get hydrogen into your body? And I made up a little essay and I put it up on my website so that people can, you could probably find it even if you just Google, what's the best way to get hydrogen in my body or your body or something like that. Anyway. If you go to my website, you'll be able to find it in my frequently asked questions. So getting back to this, the tablets were one. There's other types of electrolysis. There's what they call the ionizers. Oh, this is a nice story. <laughs> and, and a way a narrative was made that was incorrect, but is known by everybody. People believe that pH, high pH water is healthful. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying it isn't as healthful as they thought it was or why it was. And it was started, that I'm going to call it myth information, was started over 40 years ago with people who discovered if they ran water through what I call a flow-through electrolyzer, commonly called an ionizer, and there's various uh, companies that make them. Kangen by Enagic was one of the first. And I have a Kangen K8 myself. It was a $5,000 machine. So I got the best I could to do my experiments with so I can give you some authority on what's going on here. But I didn't do the experiments that I'm gonna talk about right now. So more recently, some scientists got together and they actually experimented with this, the 40 year old myth. 
about pH in water and being healthful. They neutralized the water, but left the hydrogen in the water, and the health benefits were maintained. They took the hydrogen out of the water, but left the high pH, and the health benefits disappeared. It turns out that as you are having the water flow through this electrolyzer, so you, you hook it up to your tap or a water source, and it flows through and then it splits the water into two streams. One is high pH and one is low pH. And the high pH happens to be coming off or past what we call the cathode or negatively charged plate in the electrolyzer. And it was adding hydrogen to the water. So people were measuring the high pH and assuming that that's where the health benefits were coming from, but it was actually coming from the hydrogen that was in the water, not the pH, had nothing to do with the pH. And the low pH would go off and be used for cleaning or whatever kinds of things. They're useful machines, these ionizers, but they don't allow you to do something like inhale the gas. And what happened with myself, for example, I got 10 times more benefit from inhalation than I ever did from the hydrogen-rich water. I started to drink the hydrogen-rich water in 2005, and I didn't get sick from 2005 to 2007. So at that point, I started promoting what I call the ER50 electrolyzer for people to bubble in water and have the hydrogen-rich water. And I got hundreds of testimonials back from that. And then people were asking if we could inhale, but I erroneously told people, no, you shouldn't inhale because it's a combustible gas, which I later realized I was mistaken. It is a combustible gas, but not when you mix it with enough air. When you mix it with enough air, it's not combustible. However, when I started inhaling in March of 2016, so you can see it took a decade for me to get into that, I suddenly noted a lot of health benefits. Amazing. Some happened really fast. Some happened over months. Some happened over years of time. Just last year, I discovered as I was washing my feet in the shower that I was not leaning against the shower wall, which I had been doing for years because I had lost that much of a sense of balance. I was standing on one foot and washing my toes without leaning against the wall. So I'd regained a sense of balance that I hadn't had before. But that nice. happened over years of time, yes. So right. in any case, people can look on my eagle-research.life website and see about me, and they can see the list of health benefits that I've had from inhalation. You were about to say? Oh, well, that's just one of those things that if you're not really observant of yourself, you could totally overlook it. And that is probably a reason why some people don't notice some benefits. I'm pretty dense when it comes to that kind of stuff. I notice if my sinuses are better or not, but that's about it. And the more I've learned about health and healing, the more I realize it is about getting proper sunlight, about grounding, and about good water. And all these things kind of speak to charge and the hydrogen depletion and just the electrical systems of the body, you know, some say we are electrical beings, and yet the modern medical system pays no attention to that aspect of the body. And here we are pointing out how important it is and how, you know, some of these things affect it. And another thing I wanted to make sure we fit in the first hour that you had mentioned to me was protocols five and six. So, of course, last time we talked about 
All these kind of weird aspects like the Aquacure engaging in transmutation three different ways. The most impressive being that when you cook ore using a Browns Gas Flame, you can get three times more copper from the same amount of ore. And people have used it to make rubies, sapphires, other precious gems. A lot of that was in the last interview. But kind of along these lines, we have the first four main protocols for the Aquacure. Drinking the water, breathing the gas, or the topical application of either the water or the gas. You know, that rounds out the first four. But now there's these protocols five and six that you've been talking about a little bit more. And they're pretty interesting. Tell us about those a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I've mostly been keeping quiet about it because I don't yet have the support up on the website to tell people how to do this. But I can say that everyone who has bought an AquaCure from day one has the equipment, the basic equipment to do what I'm going to tell you now because I built it right into the machine. So one of the things that, and because I have 35 years of experience with Brown's gas and I know what I'm doing, I can do things that the people that are just jumping on board right now can't. And this is one of them. And that's what I call protocol five and six. Now protocol five, if people understand that deuterium depleted water is good for you. People get a lot or too much deuterium in their bodies these days. And I think it's, Deuterium, if I'm remembering correctly, is water that has an extra proton in its molecular structure, or hydrogen, hydrogen with an extra proton, excuse me. So it makes something called heavy water. And the heavy water does in your body exactly the same thing it does in a nuclear reactor. It dampens the flow of energy. So it sucks up things that would normally be used to make energy in your body. So people become a lot less energetic when they have too much deuterium in their body. And deuterium, I think it naturally is in water, about one to 5,000 parts of water is deuterium, this heavy hydrogen. But in today's water, it's a lot more. So people, a person's body normally gets rid of deuterium at a certain rate, but if you're putting it in faster than it's going out, then you get too much deuterium. So what people are doing is buying very expensive deuterium depleted water to put less deuterium into their body so that then as the body gets rid of it, they end up with less of a deuterium load. So it turns out that the Brown's gas production, when you make Brown's gas, you're essentially splitting the water into hydrogen and oxygen. And then if you burn it in a flame, the ashes of the combustion is water and it's light water. There's no deuterium in it. So you can make deuterium depleted water with your AquaCure if you have the right equipment, which most of what you need I send with it, but I haven't told people how to do it yet. But the ashes of the flame, the steam and water that comes off the flame, is your deuterium depleted water. So that's what I call protocol five, health protocol, because people know that drinking deuterium depleted water is helpful. So that's protocol five. Protocol six, gets really out there. And of course, I'm talking on the right show for that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. You're going to have to suspend disbelief for a little bit while I talk about it, because I do have proofs of everything I'm saying. The things have been duplicated, but it sounds too good to be true. And the science has in no way caught up to this leading edge that I'm going to be talking about right now. Turns out that that deuterium depleted water that I was just now talking about is also what we call new water. 
and it's new water because it was just formed from oxygen and hydrogen into water. Well, it turns out that water has something called a memory. And I have another web page, Brown's Gas for Health, Brown's Gas for Health. And it'll get into this quite a bit and give a little bit more in-depth than I'll be giving right now. How much time do we have there, Greg? Uh, let's let's call it 10 or 15 minutes in the first hour. It's not an exact science here. Not, no pun intended. <laughs> no, no problem. Five or six minutes probably I can detail most of what's going on, the essential kernel of information. And we can go into it more in the second hour if necessary. Sure. Okay. So first, water has a memory. And the body can read that memory. So two experiments that I'll tell to kind of give an idea of what I'm talking about. What they did is they did a plant experiment in this one particular case where they, and I'm going to assume that most people understand that when plants are around classical music, they grow really well. And if they're around hard rock music, they kind of are scraggly. They don't grow as well. Okay. So what they did was they took the same idea but they made water associated with classical music. And then in an entirely different location, they fed this water to the plants. And those plants did exactly as well as if the classical music was playing in their environment. And they did the same thing with the rock music, the hard rock music, and fed it to another group of plants in a different location that had never heard the music. And they turned scraggly just as if the same music was playing in their environment. So the plants could read that information that was impressed upon that water, okay? Now, another experiment, what they did was they took three groups of cattle in a meat processing plant where they had to kill the cattle and then process the meat, and they took water that was going to go into the processing plant, and they fed some of that water to a controlled group of cattle. And then they took the water that went through the processing plant and they cleaned it. They put one group of cattle through the processing plant, and then as they went through it, they gathered up the water that was used to spray down the various and clean things, and they cleaned that water so that there was no, it was just pure water. There was nothing in it but water, H2O. And they fed that water to the third group of cattle that were in a separate pen, completely separate. And they discovered, as they monitored the stress levels in various ways, heartbeats, all these kind of things, of the cattle, that the cattle that were fed the water that went through the packing plant had exactly the same stress as the cattle who were going through the packing plant. They exhibited exactly the same symptoms. Mm. So it's not only plants, but animals can read the water as well. Now, there are some other things where they call it the hundred monkey effect, where on one island, they trained these monkeys to do a certain task that would help them get food better. And after they had trained 100 of these monkeys, monkeys on, a, on another island close by started learning to do the exact same thing, even though they had no association with the first set of monkeys. So I think that the water on the planet can gather information at this coming. And of course, we're also looking at the telephone being invented on two continents at the same time. And there's some sort of energetic thing that happens, and it may or may not be associated with the water entirely, but we do see that the water has a memory. Okay. So it's important to have water, when it's new water, to have it impressed with healthful things. This is protocol number six, 
You can think of it, we can impress it with light and ions and music, all different kinds of things that can enhance health. There was a scientist called Dr. Emoto who did a lot of research on that where he would flash freeze water that had been subjected to various influences. And when it was subject to hate and negative emotions, the water would be, it looked like mud and it wouldn't form crystalline forms. Whereas if it was love and light, it would form beautiful crystals. So this is the kinds of things where it shows how it's affected by emotions and the environment. Well, it turns out that if you put this new water next to, I did this in my own fridge, next to a glass of orange juice, the water will start to taste like orange juice. Hmm. Totally separate, but it absorbs some sort of the energy that was in between the two. And it turns out, if you look at homeopathy, that if you put a substance in water, and of course they weren't even using new water to do this, they're using old water that had all kinds of other memories in it. Can you imagine how powerful it'd be if they were just using the new water? So if you put the new water next to or some substance in it and then did the homeopathic things again and again and again until there's no possibility that any of that substance really remains in the water, it still has the same effect as a medicine as the original concoction, the original tincture. So this is the importance as far as homeopathy goes. And then we get into transmutation. Now, there's two different ways that I know of that Brown's gas water has been turned into materials. In other words, we have a jar. I have two of them sitting right here beside me. I have them for when I'm doing video interviews, and people can see Joseph Bender in a company called Rainfresh, along with an inventor called Norman Wooten, were doing experiments with Brown's gas, and they were making the new water, and they were putting it in this bottle that they had completely cleaned out was a plastic bottle uh, with something called body booster in it, which was a liquid concentrate of 50 different minerals, but you'd put them in a shot glass and take the minerals. So theoretically, you're getting all the minerals you need in a day, kind of a supplementary thing. So it was an empty bottle and they were putting this new water in it. And the empty bottle, which was gradually filling with the new water as they made it, was sitting next to a full bottle of the 50 mineral mixture on a shelf in the sunshine in such a way that the sunshine was shining through the uh, full bottle onto the bottle of new water. So I theorized what had happened was it impressed on the water the information of these minerals. And it's really important about that because this new water then started to form sediment. And as I understand it, they told me they got 10 ounces of sediment out of this new water that was only water, H2O. That's all that was in there, but they got the sediment. And they analyzed that sediment and found every single one of those 50 minerals that was in that original bottle that was sitting next to it. So you could actually, transmutation was happening with that, which dovetails into something where I was talking about before, where creeks seem to form gold. I was a prospector for a while and talking to old prospectors, and there are creeks that simply don't have a mother load for the gold to come from, placer, just fills up. They take all the placer out of the creek, and a year or two later, they go back, and there's more. There's more gold. And they theorize that it has something to do with the water running over the stones in a certain way, certain minerals, and it actually then 
completes the process and makes gold. Somewhat similar to when we took the copper ore and we cooked it with the Brown's gas, and then we got three times more copper out of the ore than we could with just processing the ore without cooking it first. Now, in that case, I was thinking that what the Brown's gas does is complete the process of baking. In other words, the environment started making the copper, but this ore wasn't completed. It was like a cake half done, whereas you put it back in the oven and it made all the possible metal that could be made out of that particular ore. So using the Brown's gas then. So what I think was happening with this in that particular creeks is there's something called primary water. The earth actually makes new water by itself. And if you look it up, you'll find it is called primary water. And I think this primary water is bubbling out of springs and going down this creek and being impressed with the information that made the gold. So I think in a similar situation where this sunlight was shining through and providing the energy and the imprint for this transmutation to happen. Mm. So that then becomes protocol number six in that you can make your own medicine. So health protocol number six. Now, it turns out you can make a lot of other things as well, but if you associate the medicine you want or the effect you want with the new water, it can homeopathy type make the medicine and that is just amazing. Now, there's a whole bunch of other things the new water can do, which I will just say, look up Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> look up the Philosopher's Stone and all of the things that the Philosopher's Stone theoretically could do, this new water seems to be able to do that. Damn, I love it, I love it. You mentioned some of that last time, like the uh, work done with the Rainfresh company, but it's like, it seems like this new water is taking that ability to transfer information or water memory and just expanding it or in some way. Yes. Expanding water's ability to do that. Yes. And similar experiments were done with a fellow by the name of Luc Montier, who yeah. was the man who, a virologist that discovered the AIDS virus and did a lot of work. He did not like the mRNA things, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he wasn't around long enough to really uh, be a voice for that position. Yes, unfortunately, he died. Yes, I did get to meet him in person before he died, and I deeply appreciate that. So in any case, he had experiments, and you can look them up online, where he was able to transmit information from one vial over the phone lines electronically to another vial that then formed the same sort of materials that the first vial had. Hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. His work has been talked about here a little bit, but it is super fascinating, and it seems like you're expanding on it, and there's a lot more work to do. One more question I had about the Protocol 5 that I want to squeeze in here is that, of course, you know, deuterium-depleted water, it's been talked about here a bit. People say you get better athletic performance, and it seems to be the most impressive anti-aging substance known to man at this point. But I have looked into buying deuterium-depleted water. There's a company called Lightwater, and it's like $80 for three one-liter bottles. They say that the process is really involved and labor-intensive, requires a big facility. Maybe that's marketing. 
but it's a process that seems complex enough that to be able to make an attachment to the AquaCure, I've meant I've heard you mention an attachment before and kind of retrofitting current models to produce deuterium depleted water. That sounds pretty wild. I'm curious if you can elaborate on that a bit more. Where is the new water? You say the water that comes off the flame. Is this for people who are using the torch attachment? Elaborate a little bit more. That's exactly right. And it really is as simple as that. The hard part is to catch the steam properly. Now, there's people that are trying to catch the steam like with copper coils. And I really think that's not a good idea because the first impression this new water is getting is copper, which if you have a copper deficiency, maybe that's a good thing. But generally speaking, it's a micronutrient and you don't want to get too much. So you got to be really careful. And this is why I don't have the attachment made yet because I'm too busy to get back in and actually make the commercial version. But all you have to do is collect that steam in a way that is healthful. That's it. And you've made your deuterium depleted water. And this has already been proven in Russia. It was one of the ways they were making deuterium depleted water at first, but it is energy intensive in that it takes quite a bit of electricity to make a liter of this deuterium depleted water. But we're talking in, let's call it 50 cents, less than a dollar at electrical costs that we're doing now. So people that are paying $20, $30 a bottle for their deuterium depleted water are kind of paying more than they need to. (laughs) So without the visual, it's sometimes hard. And when we talk about capturing steam off of a flame, that's kind of almost counterintuitive. But I haven't seen a video of the flame in action, but... Obviously, there's a torch attachment. We know what a little uh, torch looks like, a torch flame. And then, so in in this case, it just has some steam as well, and that can be captured. Yes. I haven't done it lately, but I'm sure that if people go with Brown's Gas Micro Torch, if they research something like that, they will see a lot of these little micro torches with their little flames. And they really are. A micro torch flame is very small, like even in the dark. You could barely see it an inch long. It might have just a little pin of white dot at the end of the torch flame. It's going to be very small. And so obviously it's not making very much steam. If you want to see a larger torch making quite a bit of gas and so you can really see the flame better, you can go to watertorch.com. Okay, all one word, watertorch.com. That's one of my websites. It's an old website for when I was selling the large electrolyzers that could produce enough Brown's gas to power a regular acetylene torch, replacing the acetylene with the Brown's gas. And then you can see me waving my hand through the flame and things like that. So you can kind of get a better idea what the flame is. And I think we have pictures that were taken in the dark because you really can't see a hydrogen flame very well in the daylight. There's very little emissions off of it. It's almost invisible. So the flame goes out actually quite a bit further than you can see. And then as it's converting from a gaseous form to a liquid form, or in this case, steam, it's actually contracting 1,800 times. And as it contracts, it forms a vacuum. So as the flame comes out of the tip, as long as the flame is going fast enough that it doesn't go back into the tip, that's another, I won't segue there. uh, What will happen is you're forming that steam, but because it's going from a gaseous form to the liquid form, you're actually making a tunnel in the air because it's making a tube of a vacuum, if you will. 
So the air itself, the air pressure itself, keeps the flame long and thin. So it looks like a, a long, thin flame. And you just simply direct that tunnel, if you will, at something that can condense the steam. And that something has to be cooled enough that the flame itself isn't going to burn through it. Like you can wave your hand through the flame because it's mostly water. But if you direct that flame against something like a space shuttle ceramic that's very resistant to heat, that flame will burn right through that space shuttle ceramic. So you have to direct it against something that isn't going to burn or influence the new water in a negative way. So that's the kind of experiments that need to be done. But as soon as you get that dripping happening off where that it's condensing into the water and then it's dripping off whatever it is you've directed the flame to, or even just directing it at water itself, as you direct it as a, into a glass of water, that water will condense the steam into the liquid that the water will heat up very slightly. And that's a way to collect the water without it, directing it against stainless steel or copper or something like that. So there are ways, relatively simple, of getting that new water. But you do have to do it in such a way that the environment, because whatever is in the environment, whatever emotions, whatever light, whatever sound, whatever anything, that water is going to start picking up that information instantly. So in addition to condensing the water and collecting it, you have to make the environment what you want it to be for something you'd put in your body. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, man, it just seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe an enterprising listener could get a few aqua cures and start a side business of not only selling deuterium depleted water, but also hydrogen enriched bottled water or something to that degree. Absolutely. In fact, if they buy my books, the Brown's Gas books, book two, for example, and the resources and stuff, you can build large electrolyzers that'll do all of this at a relatively low cost. I call it $500 plus whatever gas production you want. So if you want a thousand liters per hour, so it's $1,500, you could build a thousand liter per hour electrolyzer. It's probably more now, <laughs> come to think of it. <laughs> Everything's gotten more expensive, but still relatively low cost. Whereas if I was selling an electrolyzer like that, I'd be selling it for $10,000. Yeah. So people can get into this business just building your own electrolyzers, making the gas, and then, and then selling that water. Wow. Many aspects to the one-two punch of health and wealth. I think a lot of people should appreciate that. Man, just really impressive. Even yourself is a good case study. I've looked at some old videos and pictures of you, and you look 20 years younger than when a lot of this stuff started. And also you've done many, many interviews and a lot of them are on YouTube and anyone can look at those YouTube interviews and see that the comments are very complimentary. A lot of them are, hey, this guy changed my life. This device changed my life. You're never reading comments on these shows like, George refuses to give me back my money and this whole thing's a sham. And YouTube comments, I mean, a lot of people aren't policing their YouTube comments. So they just kind of are what they are and they seem universally positive. So that's another thing people can look at if they're feeling on the fence. But man, I just love being even a small part of introducing people to such a powerful tool. The feedback I've gotten has always been super positive. And now you're doing this decentralized franchise-like distribution model that is creating wealth on top of the health. And it's just incredible what you're doing, man. Anything else we should leave people with? Obviously, your links. They have the 20% off coupon code, higher side. Anything they should know maybe about the course? 
Three things I think people should take away. First of all, I do have the one-year satisfaction guarantee. You can return it for any reason. You don't like the color of the paint, and I give you your money back. I want every one of these machines to be working for somebody. If it's not working for you, it's been under your cupboard, I will return your money if you return the machine. I'd rather you had health, but if you aren't going to have health, there's only a few thousand machines out there, I'd rather get it to somebody who will use it. Okay, so satisfaction guarantee, I want it to work for everybody. And then the second thing is I have a lifetime warranty, a manufacturer's warranty. If anything goes wrong with the machine, that's a manufacturer error. For the life of the machine, as long as the person who bought it owns it, I will fix, replace, do whatever is necessary to make sure you continue to have the operating machine you paid for. And now the course. Yes, it's a franchise-like. It's not a franchise. We're, I'm saying franchise-like in that I train everybody to do the same thing. Like at McDonald's, they all make the same hamburgers. And in McDonald's, each McDonald's is owned by its own owner and things like that. But we're looser than that. It's not an official franchise in that I don't require you to use any particular method or anything like that. I do say that your machines that you build have to meet certain quality qualifications to use the name AquaCure and logos in my name and things like that, because that's integrity and we, we have to maintain this standard. So there are some things like that that have to be maintained that you agree to do in order to use those names and logos and stuff. And if you only build one machine a week, you're going to have like a $3,000 a month income. It doesn't take much. And then there's the people that maybe want to build 10 a day, and they, they're going to have uh, quite a bit more income. <laughs> <laughs> and some people can. There will be people out there that have manufacturing facilities already set up that they can just turnkey, pretty much put this right into their systems and train a few of their employees, and they'll be able to turn these things out like cookies. And that's all good, except that they have to sell them as well, because this is your own business. I'm not selling your machines. You're not making them for me. You're making them for yourself, and you're selling and distributing in your local area for yourself. You can mm -hmm. do it on, online as well. There's nothing stopping you from selling anywhere in the world if you want. And I couldn't police that kind of thing anyway, so we don't bother. There's no sense making a law or a rule that you can't enforce. But there's already going to be people like myself who are online, who will pretty much be getting most of the online sales. Although I do recommend that even if you're selling in your local area, that you get yourself set up with a website. And one of the features that we're trying to do with this organization, what I call a collective instead of a franchise, is to make little cookie cutter websites that you can rent. Like, I don't know, it'll be maybe 10 bucks a month or something. And it'll just be a simple little website that you can have that'll give all the information to somebody. You can give out the web address or URL, and you can have a little website without having to put a lot of work into it. So that's one of the things my web developer is working on. So, yes, it's a good little system. We've got a lot of things going for it. We should be able to get a start on it, kind of a soft start, in the next month or so. And all you have to do is just send me an email using the contact us on the website, eagle-research.life or eagle-research.com and ask for the course, frequently asked question thing. Just give me some more information about the course, the manufacturing course. I'll send you the information to get signed in. And then as soon as we get this 
paperwork that we're working on right now finished, we'll get you started. And it's as simple as that. Beautiful. I love it. So many great things in the works and good luck on the gravity wheel and the Lord's pump as well. I would love to see that stuff come to fruition. And I'm certainly getting my AquaCure back out. I'm motivated. I just had to ask you those maintenance questions and I think I'm good to go. But you are the man. I am lucky to have gotten to know you. Thanks for taking the time once again. Keep up the great work and take care. It's been a pleasure, Greg. I really appreciate being on your show. You really helped me help a lot of people. I'm very grateful. Ah, me too. Sweet Jesus, higher side chatters, the long-awaited return of the great George Wiseman. How about it? I do love me some George. The last interview we had was one of my most played shows of the year, which is great. Every podcaster likes to try to recreate that lightning in a bottle. But in that first two hours of the first show, we covered so much about his background and the Aquacure, I didn't see how or why we'd need another two hours about it. And then he added several things to the stack. This course, this collective, as he calls it, this new semi-franchising business model. I mean, the fact that if you believe in it, you can actually start getting more machines out to people and have a lucrative career. It's crazy. So I really liked that new angle, plus the new slash deuterium depleted water layers. It worked. We waited like 18, 19 months, but there were enough updates to make it worth doing again. Plus the Lord's pump stuff. Who knows where that's going to go? The volume of feedback I got last time was really high too, way more than most episodes. And clearly based off the way this one started, it seems like a lot of people were inspired to buy an AquaCure. And even now, without people knowing this was coming, I think the most recent thing on the Reddit page is people asking each other for AquaCure reviews. The top commenter even says, I got one and I liked it a lot. My health has been improving over the last few years and has continued improving in the last year since I got the machine. I also started taking vitamins and I'm doing other healthy things, meditating more, etc., I don't have a dire condition. It's pretty much just bad allergies. I hear you, man. So for me, it's a gradual improvement, not like a sudden cure of anything. Wiseman's machine is really well built. It has great control and safety features. It's easy to set up, use, and clean. It's not loud or messy. The cost is worth it for a high-quality product that's improving your water and air. He has essentially taken a standard Chinese medicine. These devices are frequently used in China and added a lot of safety features and functional improvements, which I believe are worth it. I don't really invest much in spiritual healing tools, supplements, crystals, etc. I decided to get this because we consume so much water and are, of course, 70% water ourselves. So improving my water felt like the most effective thing to do. Also, there are many medical studies showing measurable effects from Brown's gas and the components of it. Though I haven't had a miracle healing, I do feel like it's part of my healthy lifestyle and makes my water better and my body is happy to drink it, so I continue to use the AquaCure every day and I'm very happy with my purchase. Lengthy, but I've got all kinds of messages like that. Another commenter below just in that Reddit thread said, The AC50 is my baby. Truly my favorite thing I've ever bought. So that's just all organic conversation and that's the kind of stuff I would look for if I'm trying to vet this thing, 
and don't have the benefit of getting a bunch of listener feedback like I do. But I did say I'd never heard bad feedback in this interview, and that was true when I recorded it, but a couple people did respond to my request for an update after the fact, and they said that they didn't feel an effect or dropped off on its use. Though nobody used any word close to scam and everyone showed appreciation for George and his invention. But in the interest of being honest, as George said, it's not 100%, nothing really is, but it's pretty close. I know personally, I need to drink more water in general, so just getting it out to build that routine would be a good thing for me. So if you're interested, yes, the machine is $2,500, but you do get $500 off if you use the coupon code HIRESIDE, and you got a lengthy money-back guarantee. And the AquaCure AC50 is not the only thing on the website. I do believe the coupon code HIRESIDE is 20% off anything. You might need to ask George if you're interested in other things, but 20% off the AquaCure AC50 is 500 bucks. So I just say it like that. And it seems like one of the best things you can have to make or just keep yourself healthy. There is no one-size-fits-all miracle cure, but if hydrogen is one of those key building blocks of life and we're all depleted in it, then as he said, 99% of people who put it together and use it every day are going to notice a benefit. I know there were people out there looking for me to be their tester, and I'm sorry that I got lazy with it. My wife was pregnant, my dog was dying, we had a lot going on. But as I said, the dog did show increased signs of, let's call it, youthfulness at 16 years old, getting even a few more months with her would be priceless to my wife, who had pork chops since she was like 19, and I think it helped, but there's just no way to compare an individual life with and without an aquacure and what would or wouldn't happen. It's just simply not possible. So I don't mean to oversell it, but I get excited because we talk to people in the alternative health, alternative energy space all the time, and rarely do they actually have a product to market that the vast majority of people rave about. And when they do happen to have products out, there's just not this much interest. I think the last time we really did something was when we did the show about red light therapy. Our guest Mark Sloan sold various levels of red lights, and I never really heard much feedback from many of you guys who jumped on that. I did recently get my water revitalizer from Natural Action Tech, if you remember that show, just a few episodes back, and I don't know. I'm a little disappointed. I was buying it to test it, so I was going to get it anyway. So maybe I didn't read every last detail before making that purchase, but it's pretty small. I thought it would be the size of like a 2 liter so I could actually put a good amount of liquid through it or store it in the fridge in its charging mode. But it's more like the size of a single serving Aquafina bottle. And then it has golf ball sized objects inside of it that I assume are where all the interesting things we talked about are stored in it, but that takes up a lot of volume too. So when you fill it and put it in the fridge overnight and then drink that water, it feels like I'm drinking more like a champagne flute of water rather than a good, healthy pint glass or two. Which is really not to say that it doesn't work, just that it's a little underwhelming, perhaps. I'm sure there are actually other things on the Natural Action Tech site that I would like more, 
I'm just not in the position to use a whole house filter or even an under the sink filter. And I already have shower filters. But the item I got, the $1,200 Model Z portable water revitalizer, I'm not sure about. But revitalizing the water that comes into the home is a whole different thing. And there's only so many options. But either way, I think George is one of the bright minds of our times on several levels. I'm lucky to know him, and I hope that those who had questions got them answered today. I tried to squeeze in the ones that I got more routinely, mainly people asking about the differences between Brown's gassed water and hydrogen water. And man, I liked his answer there too. Of course, the AquaCure is not the cheapest water electrolyzer out there, but do you want the cheapest when it's going into your lungs? Also, I know these water shows aren't for everyone. It is a thread that was started, I think, with Shaman Janeer, and I just kept pulling. I hope Shaman Janeer is doing well. I've always wanted to complete the set of element-themed episodes we were doing, but during the Trump years, he really wanted to focus on fascism, and I said, okay. And we did that one episode with me thinking that we could get back to the elements, and it just never happened. If you're out there, man, we only have the fire episode left. Let's give the people what they want. <laughs> so, good episode today. If you only heard the first hour and the plus show, we got into a deeper dive with the new protocols, making your own fuel, how to get your AquaCure in good working condition again if you've neglected it like I have. We got through a healthy amount of listener questions, how to get your cat to drink Brown's gas water before it off-gasses, using the AquaCure to detox from the jab, and oh my god, like our last episode wasn't enough of a tearjerker, George losing both his parents to the jab since the last time we talked. Heavy stuff, uh, and I'm sorry for his losses. We also talked about Brown's gas and EMF, getting good measurable data to verify effects of this stuff, and we talked a little bit about the self-reliance section on George's site. All good stuff. Just click the top link in the show notes right in any podcast app if you want to get started on the seven-day free trial of THC+, or follow the prompts at thehiresidechats.com. In higher side news, I am a bit behind on the month, but everything is in the pipeline. John Bush and, in particular, Howdy Mikoski seem to be really well received as well, and I'm glad to hear that. I think there's still some room at the Gramerica event I've been mentioning in February. I think the house might be full, but there's some camping spots on the property, I believe. If you're interested, contact at thecabin.com for more info or just talk to Darren or Graham. I'm already booking shows for February and I don't think I put that on my calendar, so I gotta do that. And speaking of calendars, let's go to the meetup calendar at HiresideMeetups.com and see what we got. Today is November 20th and there is a meetup today in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. We also have one on November 22nd at the Old Mother Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland. December 3rd, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. December 4th, Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. And also on December 4th, there's one in Cleveland, Ohio. It's actually aiming to be a THC slash rune soup mashup. 
and we'll talk about the other ones down the line. If you don't hear about one near you, go ahead and make one. It's easy, it's free, and I'll read it on air. And that said, you're probably already listening to the show the way you like to listen to it, but if you ever can't find an episode or want to see what I've done over the last 12 years for a certain topic, the website has all sorts of categories and a great search function and a great mobile version. As a podcast listener, I know what people want in a podcast player, and we built it all right in. If you like THC enough, ask for Plus for Christmas. We've got a good gifting section set up on the website as well. Or ask for that AquaCure if you got those kind of friends. George's links are also in the show notes. Eagle-research.com, coupon code HIRESIDE for 500 off. Or you can email him to learn more about that really interesting manufacturing course system he's setting up. But either way, I hope you at least found this interesting. I love you guys. I appreciate you listening. Enjoy the holidays. I'm getting out of here. Your move, dead water drinkers, hydrogen depleted people, and supporters of our sick, sick system. Your fucking move. Sweet dreams to the elite. We're calling them out on THC. Uncovering secrets and conspiracies. Everybody's looking for something. Some of them want to use you. Some of them want to get used by you. Some of them want to abuse you. Some of them want to be abused. is another show complete remember as much as you enjoyed this which is just the free first hour i hope you'll become a plus member to hear the full two-hour interviews you also can engage with other plus members in the comments and the forums and you'll find your answer to one of the most common questions i get which is where can i find those cover songs that you use at the end of the show well they are free downloads for plus members too And without Plus members, I can't hire the occasional musician to bring these odd cover song ideas to fruition. Plus members are how I'm able to do what I do without ads and without the big machine being on my back. We can fit so much more into a two-hour interview, and I do my best to make it worth your time and money. The conversation only gets deeper, weirder, and more controversial in that private hour. How could it not the way things are going? But the best way to sign up is at thehiresidechats.com where new first-time subscribers always get a free seven-day trial because I'm just that confident. There's no PayPal on the website, but if you need to use PayPal, then sign up through Patreon and you get all the same episodes. 
Our website is a credit or debit system, but you can also scope out the other options like a few various cryptos, cash or check, mail to the P.O. box. And I'll even barter with most people if you have your own business and produce something nice that my wife or kid or taste buds might like. But the architects of consensus reality have made it clear that these themes and topics aren't really welcome on the main stage. And so this is how we secure a little counterculture corner for ourselves, and I hope you'll join Plus because that is the only way it works. Besides, you can cancel anytime right on your profile page. The most common concern I hear is people just being unsure if THC Plus will work with their podcast app, and the answer is probably yes. But if not, we have several high-level app recommendations for whatever phone you use, and the website is made for mobile too. We're trained to tip a waitress for bringing us a sandwich, but that tip doesn't give you access to a second sandwich. Really, I'm not asking for any more than that, and I think I offer a better service. Come get your second serving of tasty conspiracy goodness in exchange for that small token of your appreciation. Beyond that, let it also be known that we have grown and survived as long as we have by word of mouth. I don't care so much about social media likes or follows, but tell the right people about THC. And not just listeners, but the high-level figures who are better suited to sit down with me than most other hosts. And if you can help me with any of these things, I can work to bring you better shows, which is just a win-win for both of us. Informative, entertaining, and action-packed. It also never hurts to thank a guest you liked if you have the time either. We want them to know people are listening, so they're willing to come back down the road too. Thank you for spending some time with me, and cheers to a better tomorrow.